has been everywhere early on. Oh, oh, he's going to get his fourth. The dancing feet of your mind, Nick Martin. There's a new Martin in town. Draper wants to put an end to all this. Hands it over to Guelphy. Draper wants it back. The brush off runs in his face. Welcome back to the Lunchtime Catch-Up Podcast. The Lunchtime Catch-Up Podcast is two blokes that have known each other forever who catch up most days in the Melbourne CBD for lunch to talk everything Essendon Footy Club. My name is Grant and with me, yes, it's still Scott. <laughs> Hello, everyone. Uh, good to be back. Uh, let, let's talk about this game. So, yes, uh, Brisbane Lions, uh, for anyone who is our patrons, they heard our team selection show and now preview for the game. We obviously came across that we could be down six goals here. Yeah. Uh, look, strange game to analyse because I thought we would lose by six or seven goals yeah. because I thought the outs were too significant for a team that only were missing Daniel Rich. So it's <laughs> not just our outs, it's how healthy Brisbane were, yeah. two days extra break. Two home games in a row. This was the second of home games. So they're settled, ready to go, in good form. So I, I was always, I was genuinely concerned yeah. that systems are great in place, but eventually at some point you, you, your outs and talent, a bit like St Kilda on the weekend, um, it's going to find you out. And our, and our outs happen to be in the area of Brisbane's strongest area of the ground, right? Like so <laughs> yes. Gunston, Danaher, the Bailey dude, Rainer, the Rainer and, and Hipwood, Hipwood and all those yeah. guys, right? Their forward line is deep and our back line is not currently. And this is the thing, like without Ridley, Laverde, um, Kelly, yeah. Kelly and those sort of stuff, we would – we were well behind the eight ball, and it, it showed. I mean, the likes of um, Baldwin came in. We're going to have a lot to say about him later. Um, but we had guys help us out in the back line. They tried their heart out. Yeah. Eventually, it just six foot seven worth of the kid who every time you see him take marks and grabs and stuff, you look at him and go, how does anybody get his arms anywhere near the ball when he's extended his arms and taken marks? And le- least at all, Baldwin, who has no reason to be stood next to Joe Danaher at all. He's got to be given up five or six inches and like way too much athleticism. So, uh, yeah, it was an interesting game, but I think, yeah, we, we, we called it earlier, I reckon. Yeah, it, it, look, exactly. It's... That's how I felt going into the game, but and it's kind of the, okay. The it, game, the game played out in an odd fashion because you're ten points up at half time, and and the tactic that that Brad Scott put forward to make it a congested um, dower. dower almost yeah. was a little bit old Western Bulldogs or old line kind yeah. of feel to it. Uh, you know what was it? Twenty nine to nineteen at half time. Really yep. strange. I think it's the lowest half time score Brisbane against Essendon in history. So. We've done this amazing first half of, of limiting them. And, yeah, they missed some easy chances. I get that. But uh, but we did well. We took our chances. We made it a scrappy affair. Halftime comes and I'm like, oh, wow, I'm really, really proud points, of the man, effort yep. here. I'm tweeting, oh, I'm so proud. And, yep. uh, you know, I've, I was just loving how we approached the game and, and tactically. And it's still there. Like, tactically, it was still sound. But tactic, tactics only go so far if you can play it for four quarters. Yep. And we came out <laughs> absolutely dead uh, in the don't third and fourth quarter. And I don't get it. Uh, was it 18 scoring shots to four? Um, and the game ended up being, you know, minus 30 inside 50s. 
Uh, it was. Uh, you, you say that really quickly, but seriously, <laughs> that's a lot of insight. That's 50s. a lot of insight. Like like plus thirty or negative thirty, whatever it was, inside fifties. It's just an insane amount, <clears throat> especially with to that forward line. To yeah. that forward line with our depleted back line. Like yeah. there's the reason. Yeah, in a weird way, for the Lions to only score, uh, have a score in the 80s, actually is is credit. I mean, that's what a 69 or 70 inside 50s they had. That's, that, you know, our back line did everything possible. And I guess you have to start with the small man down back, Andy McGrath. It's oh. one of the best defensive games you'd ever want to see. Now then, now hear this, everybody. The, like... Everybody that mentioned anything on the negative of Andy McGrath with regards to draft picks being the number one pick, oh, we should have picked anybody, oh, he's only been average. Mate, when you play that kid in his preferred spot or the spot that he's supposed to be in, he gave, he walked Charlie Cameron to the Palmolive factory. He handed him 58 crates of soap to which he then gave him a Japanese spa worth of a bath. An absolute bath. Cameron, he wore him like um, OJ's glove and was one of the best shutdown defensive roles I've seen in a good period of time. Andy, I know you're a listener. Congratulations, mate, on showing exactly what you are capable of. Yeah, it was his best game almost for a couple of years, really. Yeah. He was his defensive best. I mean, he, he... he didn't let Cameron outsmart him with his little he, shimmies. He or went left, he went or, right, he went yeah. all that stuff. Yeah, just a fantastic performance. And like I said, the the back line did it as well as they could to hold up just a wave of inside 50s. <laughs> I mean, 69, 70 inside 50s is just uh, – you just can't sustain that. And, and that's – you know, it's probably the greater conversation of really what – with the first four weeks and then the following, you know, playing really the top six teams in reality, uh, you've got a really good snapshot of where the club's at. Uh, and it's I still think it's, it's quite positive, but it, it almost feels like as each time we've played a top six team, we've just slightly been weird. Like we beat Melbourne, should have beaten Collingwood up yeah. by four goals. Um, you know, made an okay effort against Port, yeah. but just it just slowly <laughs> just yeah, gosh. Oh, it's just, Geelong's in there, but Geelong did come out on fire, obviously. Yeah. But it's just like as it was almost like this beating you down from love, like the top six teams, and then the second half, it just was like <laughs> you just like felt like it was just like oh, we're done. <laughs> we we don't have any more else in it. I wonder if man, I, I, here's a question for you. I wonder if Scott can take the positives out of these six games, if you if you can, right? Take the positives out of these six games. Scotty and I were talking before the pod started. Could you look at it like over these last six games, we know where our deficiencies are now? Yeah, exactly. You, you know, look, it's a very hard one. Like, you, you can easily pull out the stats, you know. Obviously, Fox Footy had, you know, Essendon the last four weeks, 18th in inside... 50 against and 17th in pressure and 18th in midfield turnovers. And turnovers have no doubt been hurting, but you can't help also negate the fact that what's also happened the last three weeks, which has really disrupted, is a wave of injuries happening at the club. And and when you don't – when you're a side that is young to begin with and then you start losing some senior players – 
And so you've only got young players to come in or inexperienced players. Your systems can waver. And I think that's what I've seen is like, you, you know, when you watch the first six, seven weeks, that back six was always there. Yeah. And you could see how much it made a difference. They were all in sync, take out half of them. Um, Literally. And and you, you don't have that sync. It's a little bit man on man. It's trying to do your best effort. You, you notice the run out of the back line's different because it's just, uh, you know, you haven't got, you know, haven't, obviously Parrish is not up the ground. Merritt missed the suspension the day before. Durham missed the suspension. You've just got these in and outs happening yeah. then up the ground. You've got small forwards rotating in and out. Um, and you've got Jonesy injured. You, you, you've Righty, got, of course. You've, yeah, you've got a depleted forward line as well. Um, you've got Langford going back and forth. It just felt like it's a little bit um, jumbled all over the yeah, place. And, and then suddenly it's a lot harder system because you've, you're looking at a slightly different team. And, um, and Brad Scott if says we, we can win it out. Sure. And, and Brad Scott would probably argue against what we've just sort of said with regards to concentrating on the personnel being the issue because he said, yeah. well, we don't play the personnel, we play the team, we play the position. Sh- sure. We, we appreciate that, mate. And we would love to have you on the show to talk about that anytime you like, Brad. I know you're a listener. Um, but. Um, unfortunately, it does come down sometimes to just talent in those positions. <laughs> sure, you can play the position, but bless Kane Baldwin, he's not um, Jordan Ridley, right? Like, so you don't get to have that level of intelligence and skill in the back line with, with Kane because it's his first game as a defender, first game in the AFL as a defender. So you're not going to get the same output as you are from Ridley and Laverty being there and Kelly being there as well. Mm. So sure, you can play the position and not the player. I appreciate that um, with the system. But if the system's missing the sheer talent that comes with Kelly and Laverde and Ridley, then it's not going to be the same. I'm not. I don't, it doesn't matter if you put um, uh, Baldwin and, and D'Ambrosio and those guys in there. They're not as good as the other blokes. So there no. is some degradation in the performance and it shows. And look, there's an, also an element too that the AFL is a very, very smart business. And, you know, I, I mentioned the Saints a few times because, I'm, I'm you know, it feels like, the Saints in Essen had a, a similar journey. I mean, Saints have had a slightly better draw than us. I mean, they haven't played the last yeah. time. But even the last two weeks, they've been shaky. Uh, and, like, even with the good coaches, other AFL coaches work out what you're trying yeah. to do and then obviously put in they steps. Watch videos. Yeah, they, they see the change of direction that Essen want to do. They see the little short 25, 30-meter kicks. They want to quickly just dissect up to the field. They start, they start saying, we're going to block that out completely. Yeah. Now, because you've got no Peter Wright, you've got no Jones, uh, and Andy, unfortunately, Phillips is not marking the ball. He's not marking the ball. And so we're going to make you kick up the line. Uh, so you, gonna you, spike it. you either take a risk and take the game on, and we just haven't been able to get to that stage, or you kick down the line and we think we can outmark it. And, and so when you. And they have been. That's yeah. the thing. Like they have been doing that. Yeah, exactly. So that's when you, when you have. Um, what else I was going to say, like contested marks, I think it's around 65, 61 to 16 or something like that, mm. or 59 to 16 in the last uh, three weeks. So that's contested marks. The opposition absolutely smashing us in contested 16 marks. 16 contested marks in three weeks. Yeah, it's... It's, <laughs> it's, it's not good enough. 
So I don't know if any of the other listeners have noticed that Scotty and I lament the fact that sometimes the ball will like they'll be they'll be looking left, they'll be looking right, coming out of the, the halfback flank or something like that. They go, yeah, nothing there, so we're just gonna pump it down the line, as you do. And you can see it go down the line and they put a decent hoof into it, heads up towards the wing, and the pack forms, and you think, okay, well, fine, let's get a contest here. And all of a sudden, the I'm not sure if our guys just move left or move right, but <laughs> there's like an uncontested mark taken in the middle of the pack. Yeah, yeah, it's it's been a major frustration. And sorry, those figures were 53 uncontested marks the last three weeks to the opposition, 16 to ourselves, 19 to 6 with Brisbane. Uh, and so they controlled the air with contested marking. and Easily. And, yeah, we couldn't get our Ruckman to contest. And, you know, even I was talking to Grant before the show about our smalls and said, look, our smalls are getting a lot of flack, the Davey, yeah. Waller and Manzi, and saying, look, you've got uh, – Two fronts here is one, your inside 50s are so low. So one, it's not coming down. But two, when it is coming down, it's not hitting the ground. Yeah. Uh, so I, underst- I understand in some ways why their output is minimal. Because They're waiting for the crumb because that doesn't come. Yeah, you've only got half the inside 50s as the opposition. Yeah. Um, so your chances are minimal. But they're not hitting the ground. Like yeah. it's, it's getting marked. Uh, so it's, it's a... It has that flow and effect around the whole ground and it's something that, you know, even when we're fully fit, I've lamented that we got to somehow get Coxie and Reed and these guys stronger, fitter and just playing consistent. We need some height over the ground. But, but Sammy and Richards, uh, Sammy and Phillips, mate, they, they're two prime candidates. They should they, be They should them. be it, man. Like we, we, we're saying things like we've got to get Reed and Cox into the side so that they can take marks. They're both pieces of string bean fettuccines, right? They're mm. not big. They're not strong. I don't know that they'll ever be no. big and strong. Do you know who are big and strong? Phillips and, <laughs> and Draper. Yeah, they've got to help us out. They've just got they to have to, man. Like, it's it's nuts. Or we just give up and chuck Brian in the side and see what the kid, that kid can give us because it's it, it has to be around the ground more. Like... Sammy's a great player and he's doing great things. And, and Andy, you cannot ask for the effort the man puts in is there every week. You can see it. But it has to be a bit more critiqued on these two guys to say that we we, we have to have half a dozen marks out of those guys in the during the game at least because otherwise it's 53 to 16 or whatever the hell it is. And like you said, the, the crummers can't get the ball. Waller can't spike a pack or shark a pack if the ball isn't there to shark, right? <laughs> Seriously, it's, it's yeah, in it's just, Paris that, Andrews's hands. I, d- I did a stat on Twitter uh, about inside 50s the last four weeks. Here's the total inside 50s for the last four weeks. The opposition have had 262 inside 50s. We've had 177. That's almost 100 less. Yeah, there you go. Like that's an, I did an average of 21.2 less inside 50s per game. <sighs> Stats McNeese. So you can't. You just can't have small forwards in form with that kind of output. You, yeah. We need some more – we need – well, you need the midfield to be more better at contested footy because that's obviously where our contested numbers are also down. Right. Um, and we've got to get our hands on the ball and start getting the ball our way. Question for you. Where on the Essendon list do we have a contested ball beast? Well, <laughs> well, there's one that Matthew Lloyd thinks we should trade all of a sudden. Um, well, no, no, no. I'm not talking about <laughs> round the ground either. Uh, we're on the list as a contested ball beast. Uh, That's been playing in the forward line. In the VFL? Wow. P- 
Pivos. Oh, Pivos. <laughs> Pivos. Seriously. If you want a contested ball bloke mm. to go and crash a pack, either take the grab or make damn sure the ball hits the ground, like, is it an option? Well, it's... I mean, so I, but to get the small forwards into the into the game. Yeah, it's... Uh, I, was, I was going to mention this in the VFL thing because everyone's saying... Um, that Vossi's out of form the last two or three weeks. But I watch the VFL. Exact same thing is happening to the seniors. When you pull out every senior possibility <laughs> out of the VFL, yeah. like the VFL is so depleted at the moment. There's no Jones Have a for look him. at the forward entries yeah. this guy has to contend with to try and kick a goal. Uh, I'm sorry, but, you know, there's no forward. Peter Wright would not kick two goals in the VFL at the, at the moment. No. Uh, but, look, I was going to mention that name, by the way. Uh, Peter Wright... Uh, I, I tweeted this out today. It said the the last five, six games um, where our system has beaten the bottom sides, the last five or six games has really highlighted Peter Wright's absence. Yeah. Uh, because if you remember, he was the guy that went down to the wing, but he really could mark it. Like he was a great yeah. mark, did a kind of that relief mark on the wing or even a high half forward. Uh, and we just don't have that. Our most contested marks out of anyone else was prior to that was Jonesy this year, would you believe? I mean, um, he hasn't done a hell of a lot. No, and obviously he's got his back issue. Uh, Wiedemann's not a contested mark. No, he's yeah. just not. He, he's he's playing decent footy. I know he had a quiet game, but that's – I think any forward would have had a quiet game with the way the ball was coming. And yep. he was he was double teamed nearly all game because he was the only one they had to worry oh, no, about. Exactly right. Uh, There's nobody else down there. He, he, yeah, he was in a hiding to nothing, so I'm not going to – but previous to the three weeks before that, he's, he's competing and he's leading up up well. Um, but they had a good game plan as well, Brisbane, after halftime. They shut down our strengths and we got found out. And that's that's where we've just got to grow. Uh, so there's, uh, it's an interesting period, yep. We're one and five out of that six-week period. Uh. But a lot of good still happened. Uh, but... Uh, I, I want to treat this segment as this is not a negative. It's just I, 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 how I do it is how do I would I think of it as a coach? And I saw those inside fifties, and I saw contested and say okay, and even just winning contested ball in the middle. Okay, well, there's the things that we've learnt out of the playing the top six sides and where we're falling short. One is just simply depth yeah. of, of the list, um, and I think you have to recognise that and just the age of the list in that depth that they're not mature when they come in or experienced, um, but also just. How will we get better contested footy? How do we, how we can improve our marking across the ground? And you look at that at the end of the year or mid-season draft and just try and keep building a list that's going to contend. They're definable headings. Like the, the headings on the areas we need to improve are very easily defined. I think we know, and Scotty knows what they are, and now it's just a matter of getting some people back. I honestly thought you meant me then. I <laughs> said, <laughs> Scotty, no, I said, yes, I do. Yeah, absolutely, I do. We just talked about it. Interestingly <laughs> enough, um, we can talk about it when we get back from a break. Let's go. Welcome back to the Lunchtime Catch-Up Podcast. Scott had to cue me back on like I haven't done 300 shows. Um, now then. Uh, Just quickly. Uh, yes. 
Now we cross the scrum, it's a break news. Uh, the, I think everyone who's a member have got this email now, but just in case you're interstate or overseas or not a member. Under a rock. Um, look, I, this is really pleasing news and we don't talk about the off-field much stuff happening, but uh, yeah, so the Essendon Football Club has announced Dean Rioli would chair the new Essendon First Nations Advisory Council. Um, this would be part of a new renewed focus on supporting Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander people at Essendon. Uh, so that's really, really exciting. Uh, you know, Dean Rioli will be the chair, um, but you've got Dorothy Hisgrave, Kane Ellis, from the, uh, who's from the uh, CEO of Illawarra Aboriginal Medical Service, um, John Evans from the Pro Vice-Chancellor Indige- Indigenous Engagement at Swinburne, Shay Cockadoo-Collins, uh, great Great to yeah, have him back. Absolutely. Um, Executive Manager, Indigenous Affairs, NBM and past player, EFC. So really, you know, have a, have a look at the, um, uh, you know, the what they want to do and the purpose of it. Uh, one thing that I, I really liked is uh, when I read it, I went, it felt like, this is just me as a fan, it felt like, okay, you've done like a thorough review of, of you know, they – it was something that fans had talked about that we'd lost that connection. Yep. Um, there was, and this is traditionally sometimes how Essendon did. This didn't seem like a quick fix. This seemed like a they've done over you know four to six months of a proper review. Yeah. How do we set this up properly? Who are the experts in this industry? Uh, let's set up an actual chair and a panel and people who know what they're talking about. And get it right for the whole long term. First time. First time, yeah. yeah. Um, and maybe it's learning <laughs> a few learnings from the uh, old CEO announcement. But, uh, yes. Uh, but, yeah, but get it right, set it up well, um, and it, it just creates, you know, when we've had Ron Conley on, we've had Cal Timmy on, it, they've talked about the stressing of this. It creates just better stability when you get things done thoroughly and set up right. And, and that's, you know, Dave Barham – uh, hardly talks, and and I kind of like that fact. Then he just says, "Bang, here it is." Yeah, and you know whether you look, people talk about, "Hey, can we just get a few seats around the outside of it?" Bang, it's built. You know, they're done in. Uh, they've got some seating now. If you want to watch training and the, and and at least things are happening, and it's no gloating. It's no hey, well, yeah, we're just, we're, we're, we're just doing, done it. Yeah, here it is. Stuff done. It's done. Yeah, and we'll get it right. And uh, so they don't need a pat on the back. They don't need a medal. It just would appear like they're they're listening and they're getting stuff done. I think. I wonder if people, the listeners and stuff, really need. Like when we say things like, "Oh, they're putting in a lot of time." Clearly, they're putting a lot of time and effort, and they're taking their time on decisions, especially things like that have such significance and nuance as um, Indigenous affairs and and, mm. and dealing with Indigenous players and like. Um, it, it's nuanced. It takes time. You you should mm. get the right people. I wonder if it, it's interesting to hear us say that. Oh, clearly they've put in a lot of time and they've put a lot of effort into it. You should put a lot of time and yeah. a lot of effort into it, right? I mean, anything that is done, you, you want to get done right, you should take your time with it. Like, I think everybody that works in business in anywhere and whatever work you do, if you do a half-assed job of it, you get a half-assed result, right? Yeah. So it's really good to see the club going back to what they should know instinctively, those guys and girls, what works, and that is taking your time, setting the goals and achieving them. I really love the fact too that there's a good mix of 
um, Rioli and Shea and that for the um, for the ex Essendon and the Indigenous players and in as well. Then some independent experts and stuff. So mm. look, I, I have every confidence in that. I mean, I, I wouldn't like to say that I I, I can comment on how they're going to perform, not for a second. Um, but it's really really good to see the club announcing something like that. Um, right in the middle of the season and in the middle of a five game losing streak, you don't get Barham bragging about it on the news. He just comes out and announces it. That's it. Yeah. Now, now they're going to get to work and do it. I assume. And that's how they've been operating. I haven't mentioned this, and I wasn't initially going to, but um, look, I know they've been really focusing as well on another part of the review around uh, engagement with members and yep. how they do things. Um, so I haven't mentioned this, and, and this is not for me to otherwise, but I, I know I did a, a Zoom meeting for an hour with 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 the club, and and they asked, you know, they asked, you know, because obviously a lot of people write into the show and and. Yeah. And talk about the the pros and cons of where they things are at, and they they just ask for my opinion. You know, can we meet you on Zoom? And we're doing this review and in the background, and we want to get this done right. Um, can we have an hour with, with you? And I just discuss with them just the, my pain points and where things, and just being honest and open. It was really, really, really good, and yep. they're, they're, I know they're really appreciative of it. Um, so look, I'm just saying that, just saying how active they are. Uh, behind the scenes and, and trying to get things right, it's nothing to talk me up or anything like. That. It's just no, it's it's, um, it's called engagement, man. Like if yeah. they if they if they didn't talk to Scott McNeese, you you wouldn't go. Oh, they left Scott out. It would be a gigantic mistake, of course. Um, but <laughs> oh, they left Scott out. The whole thing's doomed, right? But the fact that a little our little tiny podcast, and even though we've got a lot of fans, which we're absolutely ecstatic about. They still took the time to take an hour out of their of their day to listen to what your perspective is and what the podcast perspective is from all of the different walks of life that Just we talk to. Different angles, yeah, different. Absolutely, how I may see things different to the other. Dog. Talk to coterie guys. They'll talk to average members. They'll talk to ex footy players. They'll talk to a whole heap of different people. So I think it's very encouraging to get. They may not have taken awful much out of what you said. They may have gone. I didn't realize that. And it's a huge focus. So it's really encouraging to see the club sort of being completely dedicated to like the cross-functional and the cross, um, uh, what's the word, sort of the the members and engagement is really good to see. Yeah, tapping into all, all, all the aspects. Yeah, and, all and the aspects. Hopefully they, they reach out to interstate members and that's yeah. their, their experiences yeah. in Queensland and WA and all yeah, that sort agree. of thing. So, so look, um, let's actually – so if we actually look at the game, I'm not going to – this is a week where uh, – some weeks I go with stats and some weeks I don't. This is not the game I go with. But, look, obviously we mentioned Andy McGrath. Uh, I thought – Dominant. I thought the ex-captain, um, Dyson, was fantastic. It was actually one of the best games he's played. Yep. Uh, what I'm liking about Dyson at the moment, uh, whether it's just a confidence thing, but he seems a lot cleaner with his hands and his decision-making. Yep. Uh, he's not making – he, it's almost like he understands his limitations sometimes and just doing the basics well. But his actual defensive work in helping the team out has been really, really impressive. Marking overhead, been a lot stronger. Yeah, he's just been- less fumbly, just assured. Yeah. And all good signs. So 
he's had some tough jobs. Like he's had to mark some players for a while. He's had to. There's been some occasions where he's been one on one with with players, and he's won out. Yeah, and he's beating them out. Yeah, yeah. he's beating them out. He's more which physical. Is, yeah, actually, the last couple of weeks. And those beating out scenarios when he's sort of been one on one down the line with somebody, he's positioned himself really well, and he's taken good overhead marks. And then once he once he takes those marks, he's making good decisions by foot. So, mate, love and Hep's game at the moment. Yeah, look, <laughs> there's not many clear winners in this one, so it's going to go for you. Uh, Mason Redman obviously had just insane. Where are we talking? 30 touches, 95, 96% efficiency. Um, he had something like 560 metres gained. He had seven, seven, seven or eight intercept possessions. Yeah. Um, really good game. Look, I know he was a kick-out guy, so, yep, yeah, minus eight or nine. I get that. Yep, fine. A bit like Nick Dacos. I mean, was talking about this. Nick Dacos, hack. Anyway. <laughs> um, but, yeah, it's – but he was really solid anyway. And um, uh, so, look, I, I – like again, the defensive group did did what they could. Yep. Uh, look, obviously with Shearley getting injured, he just didn't seem the same post that injury. He, he kind of really came out of the game, so um, that was really unfortunate. That and that looked like more serious than it. Like I was surprised he played so out. So was I. Yeah, he came back on because yeah. the the vision of that. Gee, it looked like a syndesmosis kind of yeah. injury. Any any whispers? Any um, whispers early in the week on how he's doing? Well, he, Scott said that he's mentioned to him after the game that he's fine. So, okay, um, so fine. you can only take, take that, that as. Uh, and All the right. doctor said he looks fine. Um, so okay, fine. I think he's got away with one, um, which is thank goodness. Yeah, we oh, Lord. <laughs> we would have been all sorts. Um, I want to make uh, reference to uh, Will Setterfield and Hobbsy. Um, Setterfield? Ho- solid. Solid, yeah. 69% efficiency is not awful special. Hobbsy at 86, much better. Hobbsy was fantastic, actually. Yeah, Hobbsy, I think he's really starting to grow. Like, Mm. he's very, very noticeable and really starting to grow. Um, Will Setterfield, um, solid. Again, it was it was tough. They got I mean you got Neil and Ashcroft and, and McCluggage and those kind of guys running around in the midfield. It's tough, right? So, um, but yeah, I wanted I wanted to call out especially Will, who's been a bit sort of He's been played in a weird position or he hasn't been as prominent recently. So I always like to see him get the, around the ball because he's so he's so active and he's so physical in there. Mm. Um, that definitely helps us. Yeah, and um, it was like I said, we didn't have too many winners. Um, and we're getting really good cameo Perkins in games. Yeah. Where he's two goals, like a really nice goals, and he's getting there he's and he and you go, oh, man, can you just touch the ball seven or eight more times? Yeah. He looks so damaging uh, with Perko, the way he's going. Um, I laid a few better tackles this time, and, and it was some strong tackles. So that was a kind of a little pleasing moment. Yep. Um, look, but, you know, in all honesty, uh, Mick Martin obviously was very, very solid, uh, as, as he always is classy with the ball. But, uh, look, outside of that, it – you throw a blanket over the guys who are either average Hines, to okay or sort of shield <laughs> down to Stringer with like 13 and Baldwin with 13 and stuff like that. So like they, they definitely tried, but I guess it's just not enough, not enough hands on the ball, not enough contested marks and you get what you get. Yeah. Look, I don't think as coach, you can fully accept that second half. Um, I think you no. want to tell them and go, that's a bit too overwhelming. Or um, I'd love to say, all right, guys, that 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 was what that was. It's the end of a six-game streak. Um, but uh, here's a little little tip for you with a very 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 straight face. I don't ever want to see that again. <laughs> yes. Seriously, like we'll, we'll give you that. Yeah, no, is it all? We're going back to seven-day breaks. Positivity, so. <laughs> seven-day breaks. But seriously, I don't ever want to see that sort of witch's hat style in uh, that. We don't want to do that. Look, Thank it, you. 
I, I don't want to give them too much a chop out, but you do have to question sometimes how the AFL can have us playing Anzac Day and then having us two interstate games after Anzac Day and, one, and five day break and a six day break. Yeah, the pulling like, pair of Essendon. It, it sucks. I know. It's just, it makes it very, very tough. Oh, it does. It's just, it's Especially just Especially like, for Because you're playing like Geelong had three more rest days, Brisbane, two more rest days. And you're like, we're playing teams that are in form, let alone in form, but also, you know, you know, totally up, healthy, fresh. And, uh, and again, in a season where we need to win some of these games, man, like it yeah. would have been, and I know you, the AFL can't take into account our Essendon's coming back off a few bad years and mm. we should give them a good draw. You can't do that. But like, I just think you just naturally, Collingwood and Essendon, you just naturally have them play Sunday after that five day break. Yeah. I get Tuesday and you play Sunday, but I just think naturally you just play the following Sunday. You yeah, just but say, if you're playing in both the teams, state. both teams go, you know, both teams. But if you're playing in the state, Essendon's going to bring a lot of people out to see the game. So you put them in prime time or whenever you can to maximise the TV rights and the the bums on seats. So that's the reason why we're playing at those times because we've got the pulling power and the and that sort of stuff. So it would be great, like you said, to go. Oh, well, they played well, on we Tuesday. So played a lot of Sundays this year. I don't know. Yeah, but the, and again, maybe they want to pump the Sunday numbers. Who knows? But yeah, I agree. It's it was um, just it was just tough on the guys. I I know I'm giving a chop out, but it just can't be easy. Like you. I thought they would be tied at the start of the game. I know that's what I thought. We're yeah. going to get – we're not going to – Overrun, yeah. Yeah, we're going to get probably overrun. But um, it's just harder to mentally dissect that game because of what happened to half time. You go, oh, we're up and about. Like, I know. Uh, but it yeah. seemed a, it seemed a um, the fall away was so dramatic, a sustainable first half for me. Like the way yeah. we were playing, and the fact that we stymied their attack, and they couldn't get their hands on the ball. And when they did, we had someone hanging off them. I went, this was it was about effort, sure, but it was very choked up. And I thought that seems like it's a if they can continue to do that, which it seems like they could, because it was high energy, but it was it wasn't chasing guys down from behind. It was just as soon as they touched it, you grab them. And that was the end of that, and they couldn't get any flow going. So I thought, wow, if they can continue to do that, that we could win this game. And then I come out at halftime, which, again, someone is going to have to explain to me, is how you come off the long break where you should have had a breather, right? Like <laughs> So fit, flat, yeah. How do you come out flat? Like, yeah. I, I appreciate, like, when I was playing cricket for the Mighty Nationals uh, Cricket Club, um, you're on 48 at tea, right, at, at, at drinks or something, like 48 at drinks, and you think, ah, oh, I'm on fire, I don't want to have a break, I just want to continue to bat, you're going along. So the amount of people, i.e. Chris Foster, that um, would be 48, come in for drinks, and then go out three balls later, right, because you've you've broke your momentum, you're mentally, you're mentally, you switched off for a second, I don't understand how that happens to us. You go in at half time with ten points up. You should have your tails up in the air. You've had a break. You've yeah, had an okay, orange. Let's go for it. That's it. You've had a Gatorade. You've had someone brought the oranges, so you've had the oranges. <laughs> that's all good. And then you should come back out, going, "Let's go," because the coach will have told you 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 do realize what you've just done, right? Like you've just really annoyed. <laughs> Fagan's going to go nuts. Yeah. He's going to go nuts at these blokes, and they're going to come out at you like a, a bull at a gate. But if you can match or better that bull at the gateness, then we'll be in a really good position. But we got walked all over. I don't understand where where that yeah, it's just first so dramatic. Yeah. There's, yeah. There's, it's hard to put the total tired excuse on because of the dramatic, you know, <laughs> 15 minutes later after a break being such a different side. Yeah. Um, and if we have – if we have, It just doesn't 
Yeah, it doesn't. You can't. You can't. That? You can't totally excuse the whole tide theory. No, yeah, but no. I, I more felt like it was going to be at the start. I just thought the game. I in my head, I was quite weirdly relaxed going to the game. Going, I just, uh, I don't think with the parish out and. Oh, no, Neil's going to go ballistic. Yeah, yeah. They I should just, be up by a few at half time. They, and then, this, this is as full strength that they're going to get. Yeah. They've had a really long break. They're going to come out. And this is in Brisbane, which we traditionally haven't played well. But, at. Uh, they're going to win this game. I was pretty comfortable they were going to yeah. win this game. And so, this, yeah, how it all played out, this was a very confusing for my head. Uh, Absolutely. But, uh, it is what it is. Uh, that that run of games is is done. Uh, now, now, what do we get? Now you've got a different challenge because you've got a side that's probably got some injuries themselves. They've obviously got their full forward out. Yep. Um, who's who's obviously a very good player. Um, they've got um, what's the name? The midfield. Um, who's not a uh, Taranto, but the other Hopper. one, Hopper, who's out now. Richmond have confirmed he will be out um, today. So you, you've got some opportunity there. Uh, they played a depleted Geelong. So, yeah, they beat Geelong, but Geelong actually had a lot of injuries um, and they played like it. Um, so it can happen to the best teams. Yep. Uh, so, but they've won two in a row, so they will go in a little bit more confident. And look, they'll go in confident because they they haven't lost to us since 2014. Far out, that's a Which is a crazy stat. Like That is insane. Of all the home away games since 2014, yeah. they've won. Every single one. That's – how can any Essendon fan – like I see Essendon fan go, oh, yeah, we'll beat Richmond. Like, how do you go into that? Yeah, no, how do, you, how do you have that – I don't know what beating Richmond's like exactly anymore. Exactly right. Like, yeah. I have no idea. The con- uh, dream, dream time is just, for me, a game I go to to see us lose. Well, it's a game you go to for the experience, right? It's a great <laughs> yes. show. Enjoy enjoy the light show. Enjoy and the then, Indigenous round of it and then just watch Essendon lose. Uh, yeah, and then trying to come to terms with after what happens after because we lost, we've lost – Nine or ten in well, a row. I was just going to say, how many is that? Like nine, the, one, one game of the year. So well, yeah, it's eight like, or nine. It's yeah. nine in a row, man. Like that's insane. <laughs> just what, a, what, a, what an awful stat. <laughs> when you stop and think about that, Richmond must just be going. Oh man, we own this. Side. But come on, it's like. But in the other sense, you're going to have Ridley Kelly back. Like, come on, it's time. Like, it's come on. Let's go. Exactly right, man. Like you've got to. But this is the thing, though. Like if we're that out of energy after the Brisbane game. What makes – why all of a sudden are we going to be more energetic this week? Because it's really the first time they've had a seven-day break. So with four, okay, four, four, So right. I think that's the difference. Is Mate, like there better be a lot of You actually have a proper structure in place of – there is something to do with routine. You, know, you actually have yeah, your, I agree. your Tuesday training session, your Thursday training session. Your, you know, obviously they'll probably have a light week on the track, but you can – you talk about it, you talk tactics. Everyone has that extra day. But I hope the, get, the I hope they got the bloody deep tissue going on and they sort each other out <laughs> and they uh, they get they get hold of the Gatorade. I and, just and don't want to lose to Richmond again. I just can't. It's such a massive game because afterwards you play West Coast and North, yeah, and you could really go on a run, and that's a reality. You could go into the halfway break with with you know, the towels up. Those um, that one game to really, really boost momentum to be like the boost, mm. the, mo- the boost we got, the moost, the moost we got when we beat the demons was incredible. Right, we mm. got this huge boost of energy, and it was great for the club. If we could knock off the tigers on Indigenous uh, in the Indigenous round, that would be incredible. And then to go into play West Coast and North, we should beat them by a million goals. Right, so you're right. I know it's it's only one game. Mm. It's only one game, man. But if we, those little one gamers are worth their weight in gold for us at the moment. If we can get over the line, 
No, yeah, exactly. So you've got, let's see, you've got Tigers, then West Coast over there, but they're really depleted. They're real bad. Yeah, yeah. so yeah, you, should be able, you should be able to win that. Uh, then you've got North Melbourne uh, the week after at Marvel. And then you've got Carlton to finish off before the halfway season. So, okay. So, look, the Richmond game, if you can get there and, and start, you know, being three games in a row and then, and then you know, you're looking at more like a uh, – uh, a seven and four, a seven what, seven and five kind of thing. Yeah, um, and you you start turning the circle in the second half of the year, and I want the Carlton one too. Just between you and me, I want the Carlton one. Yeah. Um. We, again, we go in with a good momentum for North and and West Coast. We can pinch both of them. Go into the Carlton game. Show them what's what. Um. I don't know that we get anybody back for that game, do we? Like we'll have Ridley and all things. Being equal, yeah, we'll have Ridley and Kelly and stuff, but we won't have anybody else. Like Laverne won't be back or anything like that. So, yeah, look, I, I um, yeah, a, a sneaky little pigeon whisper tells me that Cox pigeon. is probably a week ahead than of schedule. So, okay, he may um, he may uh, return next week. Okay, um, to the VFL. Yeah, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. He's missed too much footy, doesn't he? Yeah, sure. <laughs> to walk but like, but just playing footy is a is just anything. We'll take anything. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and I uh, and. So and obviously Reedy's recovering from the, the the small hemi strain. So hopefully you start getting a turnaround. You know Sardis is what three weeks away. Um, so uh, he maybe second half of the year could be very interesting. Yeah, and Peter Wright, what is seven or eight weeks away? So, um, geez, they're taking a, a, a long term approach with with Wrighty, aren't they? Well, it's a big shoulder operation. I think I don't. It sound like to me, you know, when I talk, just spoke to some of the club, just like that's the operation and that's the time that's frame. The way it happens, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's like you don't you don't bring him, but from what I hear, uh, yeah, he, he's he's um, he's ahead of schedule. Okay, good. Uh, so he may come in sort of hopefully even one or two weeks earlier than predicted. But again, so, let's like, geez, how much are we going to look forward to Rids and Kelly be back this week? Oh yeah, just stabilize huge. That and to the right team, like obviously straight away you got a rewalt match up. Yeah. Like Yeah, I agree. Yeah. You got Zerk on, you know, say a rewalt. Uh in in Zerk is just a better body size, just yeah. a, you know, and then you can release rids on, you know, maybe to run a spare. You got yep. So, yeah, I mean, obviously they've got Shea Bolton may um for Kelly, so you are you've got you've got some better or matchups Andy. already. Or Andy or McGrath, even Andy or something yeah, like that. Andy so, on him, yeah. Absolutely. Um, yeah, so you've got some matchups. You've got some better, you know, you can shut down a few guys, though Shea Bolton's a very, very good player at the moment. <laughs> uh, but, yeah, it's it's a, it's a definitely a winnable game. Like, they've with Lynch out, it's, it is a big deal because, you know, he is a, he is a very good – he kicks 60-odd <laughs> goals, right? So it's, he's a very good player, he, and he's very strong, very tall, very hard to move. And they're only just back in form, Richmond, yes, right? Only just back yeah. in form. <laughs> Yeah, no. So they were Kakar for a while there, right? Yeah. So only just now back in form. Then you overlay nine, ten years of not having won a <laughs> Indigenous round game, and they do start favourites. Yeah. They, they look in my head. They start favourites because they've they've owned us for a decade. Yeah, absolutely. So they they you have every right to possibly, but it's it's them. a game that's winnable. So, yeah. Uh, yeah. So I also watched the VFL by the way. Um, oh yes. Uh, <laughs> Obviously, it wasn't pretty. Uh, they did try their. It sounds not to be condescending, but they did try their heart out. And uh, Narkel was very, very good. He just he actually was putting so much effort to try and okay 
st- so with imagine a Brisbane who's on top of the ladder for the VFL oh, okay. and having one injury on their list, yeah. and so how strong their VFL. So like you're seeing like lions, you're seeing um, uh, oh I'm my head today, but you, yeah, the the amount of senior players that they had playing that you go, oh man, they could probably be in our best twenty two right yeah. now. Um, so they look they were depleted side, but they actually shouldn't be too ashamed. They did everything they could. Uh, interesting little things that happened in the game. At halftime, uh, they moved Moncara to halfback. Uh, Ooh. And uh, really interesting. interesting. He straight away had two intercept marks and then he had a rundown tackle. Um, and it was just – it was like a a little bit of a feel, like a shackle's taken off, like when you're behind the ball. Okay. And you, and you can run up to the ball. Yeah. Um, and I think that sometimes changes your mindset too because your mindset is, you know, defending and, and you've got yeah. to be proactive. Um, he sometimes at the moment uh, when he plays forward, he's still very passive and shy. Okay. Um, but that kind of forced him because obviously it was a one-sided yeah. inside 50 game, right? So it kind of forced him to be in the play. But he did some really nice things. So, look, and he ended up. With nine or ten disposals, sure, and most of them were all in the second half and yeah. playing half back. But it was just better signs. It was like, ah, oh, you know, the sun. He did a get him involved. Couple of nice plays. He got involved. So I actually wouldn't mind if they just started doing that a bit more and just to get him. I think it gave him confidence just to touch the footy and get involved. Yeah. Um, so while we're a little bit depleted, because um, it's going to happen a few weeks in the next few weeks as well. We're just the, gonna, mo- the more that bloke touches the ball. The yeah. better, right? Like there's only good things can happen yeah. the more he touches the ball. You wouldn't want to play in the forward line. I, I feel for Vossi and Tex Wangani. I mean, they're, they're doing their best, but you to see the inside 50s that are coming their way, yeah. it's like... Super <laughs> ugly. It's like a wall around Patrick Voss. It's just you can't do much. Yeah. It's just you had limited um, inside 50s and just the way the ball was coming in. And uh, look, Snelling did his thing, had his 20s disposals and his normal thing. Just... Didn't totally use the ball that well, Um, which is, I mean, it's just a little bit worse than normal. He'll probably be kicking himself because it was a really good opportunity for him to take, hopefully, you know, a a spot because of maybe Menzi and a few others just being a bit quiet for three or four weeks now. So, but yeah, we'll see what Scott thinks of it. But look, it is what it is. Um, Poor Hazy did get a bit of a touch up. That's the first time I've really seen him get, uh, I think he kicked his pony kicked six on him. Um, okay. Uh, big, strong kid. It's just, it is what it is. And again, the ball would have been coming into his advantage. It would have been. Oh, it's just, yeah. It was, yeah. we did no favours for him, but he'll learn from that. Um, so, it, 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 look, it is. Brian was really good. He had seven clearances, Brian, as a ruckman. So, uh, okay. so he, he's having a good little string of form. So, yeah, it's not out of the question. I still think that you you actually just see what he can do soon, and and maybe it's Got maybe it's soon. North Melbourne West Coast. Um, yeah, maybe uh, you maybe he may be conservative and have Phillips in for the Dreamtime game, and yeah. but then, but who knows? But I think he's getting close to having warranted because he played against uh, a, a senior quality Brisbane ruck, um, uh, and and you know definitely matched him. So, uh, yeah, but, uh, lastly, look, before we go, VFLW girls, man, five in a row. 
So five in a row, the domination. They're gone from they're gone from like third last to third on the ladder. Nice uh, in five weeks. So uh, towed up the Hawks, which we always you know for Absolutely. me is is a good day. Yep, played up. So they yeah they played uh, in Box Hill against the Hawks away game and they won and they won quite comfortably and 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 they're playing well. So uh, well done to the ladies. Well that's, done. That's the program to watch. Uh, yes, <laughs> if you want a bit of happiness in your <laughs> yes. life. Watch the stream. I mean, it's fun. If you ever can, they, they stream the VFLW uh, every every game. So if you can't make it or you're interstate, you just go to the AFL website and then uh, on their feed is a, is a VFLW feed and you can just watch the game. Great. Um, and VFL as well, by the way. Uh, so, look, they're playing, you know, I watched that whole game. It was really entertaining and uh, they're playing really good footy and playing tough footy and, and so Excellent. good for them. Uh, uh, really encouraging to see that the women's program is, is going from strength to strength. So hopefully a big year all around. Absolutely. So that's it for us. Absolutely. Um, thanks, everybody, for listening. Um, like I said, for our patrons, we'll be back on Thursday night for our team selection show because we'll be playing at a, a, an appropriate time on the weekend um, with a seven-day break. <laughs> um, straight after that game, of course, is our Patreon post-game reaction show. They're very popular. Also, too, I think Scotty and I or maybe just me or one, both of us, we've been called out to get onto the disco Discord page. So disco. The disco page. Um, it won't be a disco. Um, it will be the Discord page. So we're going to figure out a time when we can get onto the Discord page and have a chat with everybody live. So we look forward to doing that. But um, till then, a massive thank you to everyone for the listeners. We will talk to you guys soon. Catch you guys. <laughs>